morning, History Church. It is a joy to see all of you. I'm glad that you are a unique Baptist church, because the traditional Baptist church, the front row is usually empty. <laughs> the music is so strong that it blows everybody to the back. But you are very unique in that sense, and I'm very glad that I don't have to preach to the empty seats up front. I invite you to open with me Book of Daniel. Book of Daniel, chapter 2. Uh, we will keep this chapter open for the rest of our message today. As you opening book of Daniel chapter 2, I have a question for all of you. Some of you experience, some of you not so much. Where do you find security when you face unknown? This is the question that is in the hearts of every single Person. Even though we are blessed to live in America, this is a unique country, provides us some sense of security. I think if any of you, to open your news app, you'll realize we actually do not live in a very secure world. Uh, one of the companies that tries to address the question of security is ADT. It's the company that sells the service to make you feel secure. Uh, this company earned about $2.2 billion in 2009. And in 2021, this company's revenue increased to $5.3 billion. It tells you that over the period of last 10, 12 years, this country especially realizes that we are but vulnerable and unsecure. Now, we don't have to go too far. We can just scan through 2022. I know it's not over yet, but let us observe a few things that are happening in the world. To mention just a few, a war in Ukraine, unrest in Asia, Middle East. I know nobody's talking about raising, rising inflation and stock market that for some reason found its heavy weight and it just goes down and down. And what about... Uh, Food prices, for those of you who try to find a good deal. The failing health. Uh, just in a month, a midterm election. This is everything that comes to our minds. Now, there are some of you who are students here, and you're thinking, well, nothing of this list concerns me. What about syllabi shock? When you just go to school, and on your first day, teacher introduces introduces his or her name, and they just open the syllabi, and your world falls apart. So where do we find security in the face of unknown? Now, this question is on the minds of everyone, everyone who is here, everyone who is churchgoer, and everyone who is not churchgoer. Regardless of your faith, regardless of your belief systems, regardless of your economic position, regardless of your career. This is the question in the minds and in hearts of every single individual in this universe. Now, where do we find the answer? This question was in the minds of people of Israel as well. When we open Daniel, Daniel is writing to people who were shattered as a nation. Now, they were not immigrants to Babylon. They were prisoners to Babylon. In fact, Babylon was the powerful empire that came and destroyed, wiped out everything that was known and praised about Israel. 
Babylon came, destroyed their identity. He destroyed their religion. He destroyed their families. He destroyed everything that was possible to destroy. So these people were brought to Babylon, Those, some of them who survived, and they wonder what happened to the God of Abraham who made such a great promise about this nation, about the future and about security of this nation. What happened? Jeremiah, one of the prophets who was an eyewitness to those devastations, he mourned seeing how broken Israel was. And yet Daniel is writing to this nation. He's writing to them to reassure them and to point to them that God of Israel is the source of security. When they face the unknown, it is God of Israel is the source of security. We find ourselves in Daniel 2, and it is a rather lengthy chapter, so we will go through this chapter rather fast. We're not going to be able to focus on many details. I just will encourage you to spend some time at home and read through Daniel. But in chapter 2, we find two important truths of the true and lasting security. First, in verses 1 through 13, we will learn about the insecurity of the world. And the second part, the rest of the chapter, we will learn that God is the source of security. So we, starting chapter 2 in verse 1, we come across the troubled king. Daniel writes, now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Now imagine Nebuchadnezzar for a moment. He is the most powerful man in the entire universe at the time. It is Nebuchadnezzar who led the army and he destroyed the Assyrian army. It is Nebuchadnezzar who destroyed Egyptian army. It is Nebuchadnezzar who took over the entire land of Palestine, land of Israel, and all the nations surrounding Israel. It is Nebuchadnezzar who built incredible city with incredible defense and incredible security system. It is Nebuchadnezzar who built the city Babylon. Now Babylon at the time, as even modern excavators have discovered, it was one of the most fascinating cities at that time. In fact, it was the center of the world economy for many centuries, even after Nebuchadnezzar. The city of Babylon covered about 2,500 acres. It had a two major defense walls. The inner wall was so thick, it was over 21 feet thick. If you try to imagine how, how wide it is, just go on any two-way streets and you will find about the length where two cars can drive by. That's the inner wall, the width of inner wall of, of, of the Babylon. Now, the distance between second wall was about 23 feet. Now, why these details? It, it provided really military defense. And the second wall was about 12 feet thick. These structures were built so no army can ever penetrate Babylon. Both walls were fortified with, with towers at every 65 feet distance. And outside of the 
outer wall, there was a, a trench that was about 200 feet wide and was, would be filled with water. So there is no modern system can penetrate Babylon. And you would ask, okay, this is a magnificent city with great walls. What about source of water in the desert? Well, they surely figured that out because they let the river of Euphrates to flow under the walls and would provide endless supply of water in the middle of the desert. Now you learn from the history that it is a Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar who was famous. In fact, he even created hanging gardens in that, in that environment, in that city. He built a palace. Now it is a military defense, but Bab- uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he also defended himself or built the security in the religious world. He restored temples to any god he could. Modern excavators found about 56 different kind of temples in Babylon at the time. Nebuchadnezzar made sure that he, he paid his homage to any deity he knew to be secure. And yet, as we open with you Daniel chapter 2 verse 1, we find the troubled king. What was the trouble? We read here that in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. The answer is really simple. Even though he was in the most secure place, he was the most vulnerable king because God came and visited him. In fact, this verse tells us God not only came to visit him, but God revealed dreams to Nebuchadnezzar. In a sense, God hit the replay button that he saw the same dream many, many times. Under the entire security system, Nebuchadnezzar was troubled. He was troubled. Imagine the fire alarm going in the middle of the night. It is a terrifying uh, event. I hope you have a good fire alarm system in your home and you don't have to wake up under that troubling noise. Restless king no longer can't sleep. He was truly disturbed. And obviously, he calls for the attention. So we go in verses, two, verse 2, we find his urgent demand. Then the king gave orders and called for the magicians and conjurers and sorcerers and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came, so they came and stood before the king. One thing we realize here that Nebuchadnezzar, he lost his sleep. He's in a big trouble, in a place of great security, and he's calling for help. Now, when king cannot sleep, beloved, his advisors cannot sleep either. (laughs) A group of advisors, we meet them here. They came and tried to help the king. They tried to advise him how to find rest in the middle of the night. These advisors, they were very well-studied men, very educated men. They would use various books and stars and magic, different sources of wisdom of that time, trying to interpret the dreams. So they came into the presence of the king. It's very interesting, from Daniel chapter 1, we find that that Nebuchadnezzar personally interviewed each and every one of them to be at his personal service. So they came trying to help the king. Verses 3 through 6, we find... The anxious threat, the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is anxious. You understand the dream? 
Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic or kingling forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation, the king replied to the Chaldeans. The command from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream, its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its, in, its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and reward and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. The king sets the request before this wise man. But the request is too difficult to satisfy, too difficult to answer. He is threatening them, and not just only them, their career, their family, their 401k account, their promotion, everything in their world is not secure. I want you to notice here the bankruptcy of the world system. Yes, the world may pride itself in a great education. The world may pride itself in a so-called great wisdom. But when the need is in front of them, when the challenge is before them, we find the world with its education in great bankruptcy. It's shattered. The insecure king, the insecure advisors, their security at that moment shattered like a, a great china vase when the kids just gently touch the furniture and tumble down. Don't ask me why I know that. Uh, yes. Now this advisor, somebody at the moment recognized they are very vulnerable. They are not secure. Because in verses 7 and 9... We continue here, as Daniel tells us, the answer second time to the king and said, let the king tell the dream to his servants and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time inasmuch as you have seen that the command from me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me, until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know that you can declare to me its interpretation. The King Nebuchadnezzar presents a very clear challenge before these advisors. He is not comforted by their attempt to find out what was the dream. He wants to know that they know interpretation by telling him the dream first. And if they know the dream, they surely can be trusted with the interpretation. These advisors in a very, very vulnerable place. Now I want you to see next their capitulation. The advisors came to recognize that even though they've been personally selected for the service to the king, even though their future seemed to be guaranteed, their families would be provided. In the moment of time, that security disappeared for them. The Chaldeans, we read in verse 10, answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one who could declare it to the king except God's whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Their great education comes short to offer true security. 
to the king in a very unsecure world. We see the futility of man's knowledge, the system of the world, the wisdom of the world, the education of the world hit the dead end. There is no other place to go. It doesn't matter how many times they would prop the search with the Lord Google. They cannot find an answer. None of the books or sources of wisdom can help. One of the Old Testament commentators, Dale Ralph Davis, he wrote on this account. So by depicting the helplessness of paganism, the writer wants to say, don't you see? Paganism is nothing but religious cul-de-sac. It can give no sure word from outside. By contrast then, and in light of the whole chapter, he is saying that the life is a dead-end street without God who discloses what the future holds. God is teaching people of Israel and reminds them not to place their rest in the visible security of this world. God is teaching you and me that this world where we live is a very unsecure place. We cannot find security in this world. So there is a furious order. Verses 12 and 13, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth and the wise men should be slain. They should be put to death. So the executors, they were looking for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Notice it's a very sweeping order. He covered all the wise men, regardless whether they are in personal service to the king or not. Past loyalty and their accomplishments, they did not matter. All of them became on a wanted list. So the world and the system are insecure because they fail to acknowledge in the humility the true source of security. Beloved, we should pause here for a moment and just consider. Consider a few lessons for us. First is the warning for us to be careful where where we place our hearts to find security. We should be careful when we're chasing the wealth, the pleasure, the pursuits of this world, trying to think that in them we would find a source of security. There is nothing in this world that offers us true and lasting security. Now, this is true not only for old people, but for young people. You may think that the entire life is open before you, but not so fast. This world may speak about security, but has none to offer. So where do we look for security? Well, I'm glad that you asked, because the rest of the chapter is addressing and answering this specific question. It is the God of security. In verses 14, 13 and 14, we suddenly meet a different group of wise men. It is Daniel and his friends. So when the, one of the Executors came to Daniel. Daniel replied with a discretion and discernment to Ariok, the captain of king's bodyguard, 
who had gone forth to slay the wise men in Babylon. He said to Arioch, the, uh, the king's commander, For what reason? The decree from king so urgent. Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. Obviously, Daniel learned that the world is falling apart. The Facebook post came to him through this commander. So Daniel and his friends are also part of that wanted list. They are also in a very dangerous situation. So what does Daniel do? As we learn about Daniel in chapter 1, and we didn't have time this morning to dive much in chapter 1, Daniel, he was especially blessed by God to receive uh, one of the most elite education in Babylon University. In fact, he received his three-year degree studying and passing his final exam with a personal interview with King Nebuchadnezzar himself. And when Nebuchadnezzar recognized after that interview that Daniel possessed wisdom and understanding ten times superior to all the wise men of Babylon. But Daniel here does not have an answer. So Daniel goes before the king and requests for the extension. Some of you who are students, it's one of the words we do use in our education. We can ask for extension. So Daniel goes before the king that he, the king would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. And then he goes before, with his friends, he goes to the king of kings. And we see from verse 17 through verse 23 that Daniel went to his house, informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter so that they might request compassion from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Now, where did Daniel learn that? Chapter 1 tells us that Daniel was actually raised in a Jewish household. He was one of the, in the house of princes of Judah. He was uh, possibly a contender to the throne or at least to be in a royal service. Daniel had a great future, but his future was destroyed like with the rest of the Jews when he was brought to Babylon. Nevertheless, everything that he learned about God of Israel at home came with him to Babylon. So Daniel knew the book of Psalms. God is our refuge and strength. And very, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. So he is going with his friends to intercede the king of kings. Now the author purposefully here pauses our attention, our pace with the long prayer. This long prayer is really designed for us to ponder and reflect as we consider the question of security in this unsecure world. The mystery was revealed to Daniel in the night vision, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belongs to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. 
To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. We notice here that Daniel goes to seek the God of heaven. This is the first step we take when we look for security, for true security. We need to go and seek the God of heaven, beloved. It is security is in him. Now, why do we need to seek the God of heaven? This brief prayer gives us um, a personal resume of God himself. Notice Daniel, after he received an answer to the mystery, he turns back in praise to God and says, let the name of God be blessed forever. It is God's character and his his character that was revealed on the pages of the Old Testament and New Testament for us. It is everything we know about God that is true about God. And we can put our confidence in him. Oh, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever. Why? Wisdom and power belong to him. It is God who is in control of different times and historical periods. It is God who overrules all the political schemes and political figures. It is God who sets the boundaries for each ruler, both in geography and in time. It is God who gives wisdom and knowledge. It is God who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the dark, and he himself dwells in light. He is whole and pure. Does it mean that God reveals to us every hidden thing we are seeking an answer for? Does it mean that when you are facing unknown future and you come and seek the God of heaven, he is going to reveal to you? Probably not. However, these, there are many hidden things in life. But God encourages us to seek the God of heaven. You remember Jesus speaking to the disciples and to the crowd. He encourages them not to be anxious for anything. To pray. Why? Because he says, for your father knows. You may not receive an answer, but your father knows. You do not pray like Gentiles with multiple repetitions. They have no father. And their gods do not know. But your father, he knows. And when the world comes to that end, beloved, seek the God of heaven. When the world comes to that end, point to the God of heaven. And this is exactly what Daniel does. After Daniel received an answer, he goes into the presence of the king. We read from verses 24 through verse 30. Daniel went to Arach the chief of the bodyguard, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon, he went and spoke to him as follows. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arag hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows. I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. Something does not sits well here. It is very interesting that it is Daniel who went to the king and asked for the extension, and suddenly uh, this chief of the bodyguards, 
he's taking all the credit. He's hoping for the promotion. He did not learn the lesson. There is no security in this world. Regardless of what position you may take or occupy close or far from the political figures, there is no security in this world. But I want you to notice the response of Daniel. Daniel, who was seeking the God of heaven and who is about to point to the God of heaven, even though he is here um, mentioned as the Jew from the exile, the prisoner of the war, it does not stop him to point to the God of heaven. Beloved, Daniel does not, doesn't take uh, to his heart the fact that this man did not recognize him. I want to ask you, beloved, is your security lies how people recognize you or don't recognize you? Or maybe you're a young fellow here and your fellow either sibling at home or friend in Sunday school did not give you the credit. Does your world suddenly upside down? Or surely does. It is true when we are young and it is true when we are old. But beloved, let us remember our security is not how people view us. How do they speak about us? Our security is in the fact how God views us and how He thinks of us. Despite of our language, color, skills, and you can add to this list many, many other qualifications. Our security lies in the fact that we are created in the image of God. We are God's image bearers. And that's where we put the period. God knows us. He loves us. That's where our security is. So Daniel is not swayed away here. In fact, he continues before the king and says, As for the mystery about which the king has requested, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, or diviners are able to declare to the king. Let's be honest here. Let's clear everything from the table, and let's put the truth on the table. Nobody knows. Whatever the wise men of Babylon said, they are true. Some way. However, Daniel continues, he says, However, there is God in heaven who reveals mysteries. God in heaven made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the vision in your mind while on your bed. As for you, king, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. And God in heaven who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will take place. But as for me, I'm a broken vessel, he says. This mystery was not revealed to me for any wisdom or education or prestige that I may have or position that I have or in any other living man, but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Daniel is not pointing to himself. He's not taking credit as the the chief of the bodyguards tries to, but he points to the God in heaven. It is God in heaven who is the source of security. Beloved, this world has no security, so we see God in heaven. We point to the God in heaven. And next, when the world comes to a dead end, we rest in God in heaven. Daniel continues for the rest of this chapter, and 
explains the meaning of the dream, provides the interpretation to the king. He, he says, you are king, in verse 31, you were looking, and behold, there was a single great statue. The statue, which was large and extraordinary, splendor, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its breast and arms of silver, the belly and the thighs of bronze, its leg of, uh, legs of iron and feet, partial of iron, partial of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands and it struck the statue and its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron of clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now, we will tell this interpretation before the king. Your king, or the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and glory, and Whenever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand, and has caused you to rule over them all. You are the head of gold. King, your position was given to you by God of heaven. Your engineering skills, your accounting skills, your managerial skills, or everything else skills, given to you and me by God of heaven. It is God of heaven who placed us in certain positions and places in this society. He has given us or endowed us with certain academic abilities or inabilities. And it doesn't matter what we know or we do not know. We recognize the fact that we are created by one and true living God of heaven who has given us multiple gifts and abilities. It is all from him, and we point to him. Moreover, he continues in verse 39, after you, there will arise another king inferior to you. Yes, king, you may think for a moment that the entire eternity before you on this earth, not quiet, not so fast. Your kingdom has an end. Your rule will have an end. Why? Because the God of heaven had placed the end for you. So after you will arise another king inferior to you, and another third king of bronze, which will rule over the, all the earth, then there will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron and as much as iron crushes and shatters all things. So like iron that breaks in pieces and will crush and break all th- this in pieces, in that you saw the pieces of you saw the feet and toes partially of pottery's clay and partial of iron, you will be a divided kingdom, but it will have in its toughness of iron and as much as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partial of iron, partial of pottery, so some of the kingdom will be strong and, and part of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another, in the seed of man, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, 
That kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. And, and it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it, it crushed the iron and bronze and clay and silver and gold, and the great God of heaven made known to the king what will take place in the future so the dream is true and the interpretation is trustworthy. This is a fascinating portion, beloved. Daniel brings the interpretation of this message and declares to the king the, both the dream and its meaning. Yes, Daniel was seeking the God of heaven. He is pointing to the God of heaven. And now Daniel concludes and tells us, rest in the God of heaven. Beloved, your security while you're in this world is only in the God of heaven. Rest in the God of heaven. It is God who is granting the dominion to various political figures in this world. It is God who already has the plan for his kingdom. God will displace all the human kings and rulers at his time, and he will establish his own kingdom. He shows us the weakness of the human kings and the frailty and fragility. So what is the character of God's kingdom where we can rest and place our hearts there and find security there? I want you to notice four characteristics of God's kingdom in verses 44 and 45. It is a permanent. Permanent. It will never end. Second, it's powerful. It is powerful. It will put an end to all earthly kingdoms. It is perpetual. Permanent, powerful, perpetual. It will endure forever. There would be no more uh, November 2nd, casting the ballots. <laughs> now notice, lastly, it's a paradoxical. So it is permanent, it is powerful, it's perpetual, it's per paradoxical. Why it is paradoxical? Because in verse 45 we find that this stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. There is no human ingenuity. There is no engineering in the, uh, how this stone came to be. However, this stone would become so great, you will crush and smash all the kingdoms and will be growing to the big mountain that will fill the whole earth. It is paradoxical. So Daniel tells us, rest in the God of heaven. Yes, when you face the unknown, when you face, face tomorrow, rest in the God of heaven. In this chapter, he provided us two essential truths of true and lasting security. First, we need to recognize and remember, we live in a very unsecure world. Second, our security is in God. Nothing escapes his knowledge. Beloved, we rest in his hands, in the hands of the all-knowing God. As David in Psalm 4, verse 8, in the midst of adversities, 
was saying, I lay down and sleep in peace. Why? For you alone, O Lord, who make me dwell in safety. We want to join in this unison with the Apostle Paul, who said, As nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There are no circumstances, no adversities, no bad reports from the doctors that will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Have you found your security in God of heaven? Maybe some of you are asking, well, how can I have a security in God of heaven? Well, the answer we find in, in a group of wise men who read the book of Daniel, and about 500 years later, they came to Jerusalem. They also found another troubled king, King Herod. But that's not the source for the true security they went to a little village of Bethlehem. They came to the king of heaven. They brought the gifts to him. They worshipped him. Yes, in that incarnate babe was born the king of heaven, who is the prince of peace and grants us true and lasting security. Do you know the king of heaven? Let us pray. Father God, we are so grateful to look with Daniel and recognize that either we live in a great country that pride itself in the great security or we live in Babylon. We recognize there is no security in this world. There is nothing that this world could offer us that will be true and lasting security when we look into tomorrow when we cannot control any events of our lives. And yet we come with Daniel and recognize it is you and you alone who provide us security. And you have given us security because of your son, Jesus Christ, who lived the perfect life, who died in our place, took upon himself our sins, and he rose again and he is interceding on our behalf before Heavenly Father. It is He who will be the King in that kingdom that will be perpetual and powerful and perplexed. And it is Jesus Christ Himself who offers to us a way to be reconciled with the God of Heaven to find peace and security today. And I pray, Lord, if any one of us here do not have the peace, they do not know security, I pray that they would be reconciled by Christ with the God of heaven. Amen.